would, if you would please stand with me. Today, God, bless the word of God. Pray that you will give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. We pray today that the word of God will sink deep into our very lives. And as, Lord, we bring this part of the message to to a conclusion, the particular topic, we pray that, Lord, it will speak to our very hearts and lives. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would remain standing, I'm going to read the verses that I read last week, so please stand if you would, if you're able to. I will be reading Ephesians chapter 6, verses 14 through 17. And this is what it says, Ephesians chapter 6, 14 through 17. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You may be seated. Again, the title of this message is, You Will Be Defeated If You Do Not Put On The Right Armor, Part 3. You will be defeated if you do not put on the right armor, Part 3. Some people like to go to bed in the clothes that they wear all day long. They don't like changing the next day, just get up ready to go. Some people like to put on pajamas at night time. Some people just don't feel comfortable unless they have on pajamas. I'm going to leave it right there for the rest of that. (laughs) But you've got to have on the right clothing in this race, in this battle. You've got to have the right clothing. Some of you spend time in the morning trying to get ready, and many of you don't set your clothes out the night before, and there you are rushing in the morning, trying to figure out what you're going to wear, and you're running late. Then you say, oh, I didn't have time. I'm not matching today. And and lo and behold, you start making excuses for what you have on. Well, you cannot accidentally put on the armor of God. You cannot accidentally put on the armor of God. It has to be done purposely. I'm going to... Again, just reiterate the points from last week. We stopped right at the end of the shield of faith, but we gave as point number four last week, which I'm going to stick with, and that is you've got to strap on your armor. Strap on your armor. You've got to have the belt of truth. We mentioned uh, that was to protect the, the loins, and you have to protect... You have to put on the breastplate of righteousness. That is to take blows. You've got to be prepared because why? You are in a close hand-to-hand battle with the enemy. You've got to have your shoes put on. And last week we mentioned that the Roman soldiers wore what was called caliga. They were a half boot. And the boots were not necessarily for defense. It was not necessarily for war, but it was for traveling. There are times when the army had to travel uh, travel a long distance, 
and they had to wear boots. And so they would wear these half boots that would provide protection for them. The book of Psalms in Isaiah talks about the feet of those that bring good news. When we look at the fact of preparation, you've got to have good shoes. I mentioned last week that your feet carries the whole weight of the person. Your feet are important. And I told you, some of you last week, when your feet are dry, you need to go get some lotion and some A&D and put it on your feet. The A&D will help soothe those cracks in the feet and provide some comfort. And one of the members came back last week telling me, Pastor, you talk about me. I went home and put some lotion on my feet. I'm not going to identify who that person is. And if you didn't see anybody bending over laughing, you might guess who it might have been. We mentioned that the shield of faith. Three of the articles we mentioned are for the body. The belt of truth, the breastplate, the shoes. But the shield of faith is an article that is not part of the body. We mentioned that it was important when you looked at the shield, there were two types of shields. The one shield was a small shield. This is not evidently the shield that Paul has in mind. He has the larger shield that would provide protection for the entire body. You see, the shield that he had in mind, it was drenched or put in water. So that when the enemy took an arrow and dipped it in tar and lit that arrow, and then he would pull back and let it go, that that arrow didn't have anybody's name, but it was meant for the enemy, the person on the other side. And what the shield would do, if they held onto the shield, that shield would quench the fiery dart of the enemy. The problem that the army sometimes had, or the individual with the shield, is that they would panic when they would see all these fiery darts come, and they would tend to drop their shield and run, making themselves more vulnerable. Understand that the enemy is firing all types of darts at you, and you've got to be prepared that no matter what is thrown to have the shield of faith. Now, the shield itself actually, or I should say faith, actually is the shield. When we look at the juxtaposition of the words, the shield itself represents the faith that one is to have. Now, look at this. It is not faith in faith. It is never good to have faith in faith. You must have faith in someone. When Brother Don was putting up the the scaffolds out there, and him and some Brother Willis and some others, it was important that a foundation first be laid in order to have that scaffold go up so that they could be able to stand on that scaffold. Brother Don may have had all the faith in the world, but if there was no scaffold, there was no getting up to the top of that building on that side. I don't care how much faith he had, something had to be put there. When he built the platform and then the scaffold went up, then there had to be some boards that were laid across. Now, he believed that what he had built out there was strong enough with the boards to hold him up. 
And so what would happen? He would stand on that scaffolding, believing that it was strong enough to support him. You see, your faith is the foundation. It is something that is there. It's not something that's not there. It's something that you have your faith in, in God himself, and you believe that he's going to bear you up and hold you up, that when something comes, you'll be able to stand. You talk to some people, they say, I just got faith. Well, what do you have faith in? Just got faith. That's some scary faith just to have faith. Your faith must be in someone. If the enemy is coming at you, you've got to have some protection. You see, the enemy is not playing games. In the Old Testament, the shield was often used as an image of God's protection. Now, just reading the verse, Genesis chapter 15, verse number 1. Genesis 15, verse number 1. And this is what verse 1 says. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. (laughs) Look at there, your reward shall be very great. Then we turn over to the book of Psalms and then talk to Psalm and look at Psalm chapter 5. And we look at verse number 2, rather 12, Psalm chapter 5 and verse number 12. And this is what it says. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with, excuse me, you cover him with favor as with a shield. The shield, Old Testament. Look at Psalm chapter 18, verse number 2. Psalm 18, verse number 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, horn of my salvation, my stronghold. In fact, my sister wrote a song years ago from that very song, a cappella song, beautiful song. You've got to have a shield, and you must understand that it is the Lord who provides the shield. Proverbs chapter 30, verse number 5. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. So you can find in the Old Testament this matter. It was the fact that The individual had to have a shield of faith, and God was and is that shield. The battle that one is engaged in and has prepared for requires that all of the armor be worn at all times. Don't you start taking off the armor because you feel like it. You must keep the armor on. Why? Because the armor is for your protection. On this past Monday, there could have been a possibility that you would not have had a pastor not here, not me. I was right in, in, the, in the place of a major accident. About 8.30 on Monday, had gone to a student's house and was speaking with him and the parents, making sure things got ready. Had to go to another student's, and I got a call when I was at another family's house. Said, hey, we're having a difficult time with our daughter. 
I said, I will be up there after I get through over here. Got on the freeway after talking to one student. This student actually came out and we were talking. And um, I won't go to all the details. But I left there and was heading up the road. Right as you go up the Tiburon Hill, down into Corte Madera, before you get down, you have a sign that says the exit Tamil Pies. I'm in lane number two, and I'm, I'm just I'm about to start moving over because I'm going to take the exit to um, Greenbrae. Stand in Selmo, exit. Cars in front of me slammed on their brakes. I hit my brakes. I'm in my van, slam my brakes on, and I quickly look in my mirror to the left, to see if there was any car on the side of me. There was no car there, and I quickly moved over. As I moved over, I saw one car fly in front of me, hit the center divide, another car just flipping across the freeway, go over the, the guardrail. Another car, Honda, swerved to the right, hit the rail there, and then and the, the hood popped up. The car that hit the, the divide the center divide, I was right there and hit my brakes, put on my, emer- put on my emergency flashers, got out, and others jumped out of their cars. Traffic, it was just a mess on the freeway. And I'm thinking, the person that was flipping across the freeway, I know, they're dead. Called 911, and paramedics, ambulance came, all this, everybody's there, and I then took off. Sister Effie actually was coming back from Petaluma a couple hours later on the other side of the freeway and said, she just noticed all the traffic on that side. And I mentioned to them in prayer that I was right there at the accident. My mind started thinking, the Lord had me go here to this student's house. The Lord had me with this student start having, having to talk to this person. Within the matter of three to five seconds, if I had been just three to five seconds earlier, I would have been right in the middle of it. And my mind started thinking, Lord, we sometimes don't realize that when we leave the house, and God, every morning, Mel and I pray, protect us this day. As I go to work, keep me safe. Bless this day. Not a long prayer, but that's often the content of the prayer. Bless her today, God, those that, that I'm going to go work with, keep us safe. Bless the family. Bless the church. And my mind began to replay all the things that God set into motion and all the protection that he gave. When you recognize and realize who you serve, the fact that you've got a foundation and whatever the enemy may be throwing at you, God has a way of providing a shield of faith just for his children. It seemed like a movie. It seemed like it was one of a stunt scene that had been created. And as I cast it, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And you realize how often, how awesome our God is. The battle that we're in requires that the armor be worn at all times because you never know what the enemy is going to bring to you. When the enemy is throwing darts and shooting darts and arrows that have been dished in in pitch and then lit, you've got to be sure, as I mentioned last time, not to turn and run, but that big shield is to provide protection. That means you hide behind that shield, and it will quench every dart, every arrow that the enemy shoots at you. 
doesn't make a difference from which direction, how many you may face. The issue is that you don't drop your shield of faith. The helmet of salvation, just like the shield of faith, this too is in just juxtaposition. And it basically is that the helmet of salvation actually is salvation. So when it talks about you putting on the helmet of salvation, it takes us actually, and we look at, in fact, let's go turn just briefly to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 59. And this is what it says at verse number 17. Isaiah 59, verse 17. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. When we consider the fact of the Lord, we are being provided the garments that he is providing. It's the fact of the matter that God supplies what we need, and it is the fact that it is his salvation that covers us. Do you not know that if a person stands before God and they are not covered by salvation, by what Christ has done, they cannot speak in the kingdom. It is his salvation that he provides, not yours. I am so I am so alarmed and concerned with what people think today that somehow they think they can stand before God on their in their own merit on their own merit and in their own way saying that I can stand before God and be counted righteous because I don't bother nobody. I treat everybody right. I treat people well. Well, let me let you you in on a little secret. The Bible says that there is none righteous, no, not one. And what you think may be righteous, the Bible says in Isaiah, it's just like filthy rags. I'm not going to say any more about filthy rags this morning because I've told you before. Go home and look up filthy rags. I'll I'll bring that up at a different time, but right now I'm just going to continue on. That Roman soldier's helmet was made of bronze, and it had a cheek piece um, that provided protection for the head. Do you not know that the enemy is out for your life, and he wants to severely wound you? It is a blow to the head that he's going for. He is going for the sensitive part where the brain is. He wants to take you out. And so you have to have you have to have head cover. I used to play football. I was one of the smallest ones out there, but I hit the hardest. Me and this guy named Dizzy, well, we, his nickname was Dizzy, because he hit so hard. Gillespie, and he and I, the smallest ones out there, and we were the middle linebackers. Now who heard of that? Somebody about these kids side being a middle linebacker, running up against a David Hall, big as he was even back then. But I knew I just had to hit him low. And hit him hard, and over he would go. Sounds a little poetic, didn't it? <laughs> roll, roll, roll your boat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the helmet, the helmet, the helmet. The, the enemy wants to challenge you. He wants to get to your mind. The Bible already said that we read in, in Ephesians that, that this battle that we're in, it's not a battle of flesh and blood, 
but against powers, against principalities and spirits and high places. Your battle is not on the physical realm. But yet many people are fighting the battle as if they are in a physical fight. Have not read the Bible. Have not gone out in the morning properly attired. Got out of the bed. Just rolled over and said, it's time to go. In a hurry. Don't have time to spend with the Lord. And the enemy has been preparing for you while you slept. He planned something just for you in the morning. Crafted just for you. And there you go without your head garment. You see, the enemy doesn't fight fair. You see, the fact of the matter is because you are in close close quarters, you got to be able to know how to fight from a distance as well as when you are close. You, you understand now, the, the, the battle is so close that sometimes you can even feel him breathing. Not literally. But you got to get, get what I'm saying. He, he can get so close to where he doesn't have to shout. He'll just whisper in your ear. If your head is not protected, he'll get through. You see, when I was playing football, I had to have the helmet on my head. And there were times when you could get hit at the wrong angle and your helmet might even come off. You also had to have proper the mouthpiece. The people in pop water, we had to wear a mouthpiece. And then you could get those mouthpieces back in the day to where you put in some hot water and you then put it in your mouth and you could mold it just for your own mouth. Nobody else could wear your mouthpiece. Yuck. But you had that mouthpiece and then you had a little hook to where it went on your helmet. So when you needed to talk, you could take it out and it just didn't fall off. You could put it right back in your mouth. So you had to be properly attired. You had your pads on. You had your hip pads, your knee pads. And you had to have all these things, your shoulder pads. Why? Because you were preparing for conflict and you were preparing for a battle against the other team. You knew you were going to get hit and you prepared for it. I recall once that Sister Bynum went to her son Shannon's game. Shannon, was he was fast. But his mother's out there and... She's all excited and happy, she says, and when they start hitting Shannon, they say, stop hitting my baby. <laughs> and he had to go, mom, stop. <laughs> she didn't want them hitting, but he's in the game because he knows he's going to get hit. But you know what he did before and with people that play football right here as well? They had to do some conditioning. Now, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. When I played Pop Warner football, there was a weight limit. And so I believe it was the cutoff for us was like 105. And they had a minimum weight. I think it was like 70 or 75. But anywhere between that, then you won one league. And if then you go up from 105 or 110 up to the next level, you're on the little bit bigger team. Weight limit. When I got to high school, even though I, 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 I was pretty good in football, I didn't play while I was scared. You know why? They didn't have no weight limit. Anybody and everybody that wanted to play as only team could play. They had some big people, 200 plus pounds. I said, no, thank you. My football days have ended in Pop Warner. 
If I want to play some football, I can play some tag. I can play some flag. I can play right there on Park Circle on the grass. But it was not going to be with no high school team. I was not being talked into it because I knew that it would be just one time that I might get hit too hard, and that could be it. I, I just know I'm done. That ended my football career. Who knows? I could have been in the in, in the in the NFL. Y'all could have been seeing me wearing number ten today. <laughs> y'all 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 could have been home eating to dinner, watching Pastor Small run down the road. <laughs> Look at him go. Why? Well, I would be running for my life. <laughs> but you got to have the head protected. The next thing that you have to remember is that you have to have the sword of the spirit. The only offensive action against Satan is the sword, which is, another juxtaposition, the sword is the word of God. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Satan does not like the word of God. Remember, his attacks are relentless. And get this, because the attacks are relentless, and we talked about the shield already, you need to understand that the sword, there were a couple of swords. There was a short dagger that is believed when it talks about what the Roman army had and what Paul is referring to would be that short dagger because of the close combat that you're in with the enemy. Then there was the larger sword that could be used for piercing. It could be used for cutting as well as stabbing. But you've got to understand this. The, the fact of the matter is that God's sword, the sword of the spirit, can be used in any type of situation that the enemy may come, at a distance as well as close at hand. The fact of the matter, God's word is, can prepare you for anything you need at a distance. Close contact, the sword of the spirit. The only offensive armor of the six listed is a sword. And incredibly, that's the one that is rarely taken up. The very thing that you need to defeat him, you don't have it. The enemy has been so crafty and sneaky and talking us out of certain parts of the armor that he has used the very thing that we need the most, the sword, and we have bought, many people have bought, bought into it. They bought into the fact of what he's been saying. You don't need the sword. Too complicated. You just don't need that in order to battle. Just feel good and talk about your feelings. Just, 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 just kind of take it as you come up upon it. Just in the spirit of the moment, however you might feel, just use that. I just flow with the spirit. Whatever the Lord has for me, that's what I do. How do you know that what you're doing is lining up with the word of God? God does not contradict himself. Even when it looks like certain things are a contradiction, we call those paradoxes. There's a twist in there, and some of the times you've got to look deeper. What's being said? Now, I need, to, I need to state this as we begin to wrap this up. It's got like two and a half minutes left. Paul is not speaking about the sword in the sense of 
You say, Satan, I bind you in the name of, yeah, that may be that I bind you and I'm going to speak this word. It's not necessarily referring to that. It may include that. But when Paul is talking about the sword of the Spirit, Paul is talking about the very thing and the very word that's needed to bring a person out of the pit of sin and to bring them to the Lord. It is a matter of what a person needs to be delivered from the clutches of the enemy. It's the word of God that's spoken. It's the word of God that helps people out of the fact of the sin and the hold that Satan has in their lives. Then it is also, it can be used as a measure of what we hide in our heart so that when the battles come, we can pull the word of God out because we have put it in and we can defeat the enemy so that when he's throwing darts, we can defeat him with the word of God. Sometimes you may not be able to run to your Bible, but because you have hidden the word in your heart, you can use it to quench the fiery darts of the enemy. You can keep your head protected. You can have truth around you, the breastplate of righteousness, and you can put the shoes on so you can spread the word of God. It's the word that you need that allows all the other things to function properly. You can't leave one piece of the armor off. You need all of the armor. Today, many people say, well, I, I, I'm a New Testament Christian. Well, I tell you what, I am a Bible Christian. I get some in the old, I get some in the new, and I put it together. Why? Because it's the Word of God. There are 66 books in the Bible. Limit yourself to 27 or 1 or 2. Use all of the Word of God. Why? Because he said you need the sword, which is the word of God. Tell you this, if you're not in the word, the enemy is running rings around you right now. Time something comes up, you don't know how to act. You don't know what to do. Oh, Lord, I'm in trouble. Pray. We're going to deal with that next time. You need to spend time with the Lord. I'm not going into that now. But I'm going to tell you this right now. God has a way of just honoring his word. You need to store up some prayers for yourself. Look in the word of God. You don't know what to say. Find a prayer in the word of God and pray that. There's prayers in there. Just, Lord, I don't know what to say. Let me look in your word. Well, that's a great place to start and a great place to end. The armor is not optional. You need it every day. Stand to your feet, please. You cannot decide to leave pieces off. Well, that piece is broken. I guess I just don't, I won't need it today. Where are we going today, Lord? I don't know. Just strap on the boots and let's go. I see some people walking to work and they'll have penny shoes on. Get to another place and put on the other shoes when they get to their location. Why? Because they say they got to walk. They don't want to be walking some shoes because it's too uncomfortable. They can put the uncomfortable shoes on later. <laughs> the armor, the panoply of God. Panoply means armor. Put on the panoply. The full armor. Be sure that you have the sword of the spirit is the word of God. That's why I don't preach from the newspaper. 
I don't preach from the magazines. I preach from the Word of God. Don't look at your horoscope first thing in the morning. Look at the Word of God. Don't look at it at all. (laughs) Today, God, in this place, we are thankful to you for the panoply. We're grateful to you that right in the Word of God, we are told that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, (laughs) but against fears, against principalities in high places. Forces that we cannot even see. But the enemy has, Lord, waged an all-out fight against your people. Because we are made in your image, he hates us and he means us harm. But, oh, we thank you that you have not left, left us, Lord, unarmed, undressed. But you have told us that we need to put on the full armor of God. We need to strap on all of it. We honor your name today and we bless you. Now, will you keep us, keep our minds on you and the helmet that needs to cover our head from thoughts and things that will invade. God, help us then to take the word of God and to use the word of God to defeat the enemy because that's the only thing he responds to. We thank you right now that you have not left us defenseless. We give you all the glory and the honor in this place, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. 